But I have to ask this question before we jump into this. Have you ever set yourself up for failure? Mm-hmm. When, when we were teenagers, I, we grew up in East Orchard Mesa in Palisade, Colorado, and lots of boys, orchards. And we had this pond by our house. It was a small pond. It was murky. It was gross. But we were boys, so we played in it. And we had these trails that went all around the pond, and we would play tag, tag, chase each other, go through the willows and the bushes. And then we decided to step it up a notch. We built these little wooden bridges over the pond and the streams so you could be running through the trails, playing tag, and then running over the bridge. One day my brothers weren't there, and I had an idea. I saw this on a cartoon once, so I took a saw, and there were two main trusses that held the this one bridge, and I decided I was going to cut the one all the way up except for a half inch at the top and not say anything to my brothers. So later on, my oldest brother was there. I was like, hey, and his friend, you guys want to play tag? Sure. So we start playing tag. We're running all around, and my brother goes straight for that bridge, and it goes snap. And I was like, that was not a great idea. <laughs> I got beat up that day. But anyways, the trap worked because my brother ran across that bridge because it was always solid. It was always secure. It was always something he'd ran on and it was not a big deal. A foundation is great until we find out that it's a false foundation. And last week we were, we were delving into the foundation that we're to build as community church. And that if we build this this foundation on God's Word that will withstand the storms and the winds, that we'll be able to run the long game with our faith. And if we build on God's Word that our life expectancy won't be 40, it'll be eternity. We were talking about that. So if we as Christians have established that our foundation is on God's Word, then our next step is to build who we are. And that leads us from the great commandment which we talked about last week, to the Great Commission this week. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, before He ascends to heaven, He says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The other day I was driving through the grocery store and I saw a gangster. This guy awesome. He had the bandanas and the tattoos and he had this gangster jacket and he had gangster pants because they didn't fit and the shoes and the jewelry and then on top of that, he was owning it. He had, I don't even know how to do it, gangster swagger. It commanded your attention. You're like, wow, check that guy out. He's a gangster. And this guy did his gangster swagger right over to his Prius, and he climbed in it. <laughs> that one got my attention. I'll be a gangster in a Prius. This town is changing. But it made me have this thought, why go into all the world? Because somewhere out there, there's a gangster in a Prius. But more than that, it made me go... Somewhere out there is someone who needs to know Jesus. Now, maybe that guy did know Jesus. He just looked different than you and I. 
But it made me go, you know, we have people right here in our own community who need to know Jesus. Now, I love seeing the flags that are in the front of all the, all the nations that we're in, all the places that we go. It's so important. We have to do it. And then you see those pictures that are out there. Pictures of you people in other countries with other people who have been blessed. And you're both blessed by each other, by what's happened. But I also think we need to get better at going into the nation of our own community into the nation of our own schools and neighborhoods. We need to get better at going into the nation of even our own homes. We have broken homes in Gunnison County. We have drug use in homes. We have addictions to every sort of thing you can think of on the planet right here in Gunnison. We have people who are depressed with no hope, people who are lonely and abused, people who have been hurt and taken advantage of. These are people that you and I work next to, we see every day. People who have emptiness in their heart without purpose. We have people that we're around all the time who are successful in all the wrong ways. People who don't know Jesus. So we've been talking about community church. And I've had this, this nine statement that's been, that's been on my chest. And I'm going to share it with you. The more we take the church out into the community, the more we will become community church. And I think that's important for us to hear. My dad, as I call him, you call him Jeff, or hey you, or that guy, I call him dad. He's built stuff his whole life. Houses, apartment complexes, retirement homes. As a kid, I remember going to Wyoming and Utah and Colorado building these huge buildings out of wood. And over time, I was thinking about this, my dad has had hundreds, probably thousands of people who have worked for him. And he hired them because of their skill set. He needed their tradesmanship. He needed their hard work. He needed what they could offer to get the job done. In fact, I remember in high school, I don't know if it's still true or not, but I believe he built the largest wooden structure in western Colorado. That's kind of cool. But I just remember all these men that he had worked for him. And as I got older, I started to to recognize something. Sometimes my dad hired people not because he needed their skills, but because those people needed a step up in life. Sometimes he hired people because they needed a fresh start, because they needed an opportunity. Because they needed a second chance. And interestingly enough, I think sometimes those people cost him way more than what he was supposed to be getting from them. But he did it because it was the right thing to do. And so it makes makes me have this thought. How do we do that in our own lives? How do we have an impact with people that we're around? I want to read Romans 1. 14 through 16. And I'm going to read it in the New King James Version because I love how it says it. Paul writes, I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. For the Jew first, and also for the Greek. What if Paul was here and he was saying that to us? What he would say is, if you look at verse 15, So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Gunnison also. And what if we all had that thought and that mindset and that heart that when we wake up every day, we're ready to preach the gospel to those who are in Gunnison in whatever way it looks like. And Paul goes on to say, or he, he prefaces it with this, I am a debtor to Greek and barbarian. That means to all people. Whether you're a scholar or a slave, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're, whether you're a gangster or someone else, I am a debtor to all men because of the gift that's been given us in Jesus Christ. Now, a church needs a pastor. Man, that's important. Someone who's going to preach from the pulpit, who's going to pastor the people, he's going to cast the vision. He's going to take us to where we're, we feel like God is leading us. A church needs a pastor for the staff and to give direction to the children's ministry and the youth ministry and to help grow the church. That is critical. We've got to have that. But something that happens in church sometimes is we think the pastor is supposed to do all the ministering. And when a church wants the pastor to do all the ministering, the church will fail to grow. But when the church sees themselves as the ministers to each other and to the community, that is when the church will grow. We are all the ministers here. Every one of us are debtors to Greek and barbarian. Every one of us. Maybe we're afraid of telling others about Jesus. I am. When I'm out there in the community, when I'm at work and it comes up, it's not something I'm like, woohoo, I'm scared inside. When I come up here and do this, I'm terrified inside. But the, at the very least, if we want to tell people about Jesus, we can start with simply serving them or helping them or meeting them where they're at. Inviting someone to church is a really easy way to share Jesus with someone and not have to utter a word. All you have to do is invite someone. Some of you may have heard this. Years and years and years ago, there was this little church revival in this little small town, and there was this one guy who was so excited about it, every single day he was inviting people. you got to come to this church event. It's amazing. And every single day he invited this one guy over and over. This guy just kind of hung out and loitered and did his own thing. Eh, not interested in church, the guy would always say. Not my thing, the guy would always say. Well, it was the last day, and the fellow who'd been doing the asking and inviting had got so many people to go that he asked this loitering guy another time. He said, listen, you don't have to come to the service, but could you at least drive a truck there for me? Because I've got so many people that want to go. And the guy him hawed and he said, sure, I'll do it. So he drove a truck full of people to this little revival thing. And he stood outside and he heard the words that were being said and he listened to the music. And it, and it did something in his heart. And so the guy goes inside and he ends up giving his life to Jesus and it changed his life. That guy's name was Billy Graham. Billy Graham 
went on to affect millions of people's lives. You and I might not all be Billy Grahams, but we can all be that guy or that gal that did the asking. Hey, why don't you come to my church? It's awesome. You'll love it there. You'll love all the people that you'll see. It's a great place to go. It's that easy. And maybe, just maybe, it'll change someone's life. Just maybe. If we want to run the long game with our faith, our faith has to be reproducible. It's got to grow. It's got to impact other people. And community church needs to continue to be reproducible. And we have been. We've got a children's ministry over there. That's why we didn't see our kids in here this morning, because they actually started church over there, which is pretty cool. Another way that we can share Jesus is by serving others right where they're at. Matthew twenty twenty eight. Jesus said, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve. That's pretty exciting. Maybe we're supposed to serve other people. When I was in my early 20s, uh, I, I did these little side jobs for this lady in, in Grand Junction, Colorado, who had hundreds of rentals, really nice houses to slums. She had them all over the place, but she would always have me go and fix little things. I think that was her way of throwing me a bone because I needed help, young guy. And she had me go to this one lady's house, single mom. This place was a wreck. It was bad. Her bathroom floor was rotted out. The walls, the drywall was rotten. It was crumbly. Cockroaches this big. They would talk to you like, hey man, that's my home. It was gross. Mold. Odd stains. It was gross. So I fix this lady's floor. I do my best with the drywall. I'm not a professional. Get some tile and some trim back in there. She's got a functional bathroom. I leave and I go and the landlord lady pays me. And I had this thing in my heart that said, Haha, not today. So I went to the grocery store and I bought a turkey and a bread and vegetables and all this stuff to make a Thanksgiving dinner for this lady and her family. And I took it back to her house and and I, I gave her these bags full of groceries. I didn't have money at the time, but right then I knew that was something I was supposed to do. And all I said to her was, you know what? God loves you. He loves your family. If you think you can make it, we'd love to have you at church. Come and see us sometime. Now, I don't know if she ever showed up or not, but I know I did what I was supposed to do. I was faithful with what God put on my heart, but that is how the church grows. That is one of the ways that we start reaching and impacting people. And greater than that is this. The more we get involved in other people's lives, and even their shortcomings, the more we're around others and serve others and help others, the more it helps us keep our own lives in perspective. We get our lives in these little bubbles sometimes. And when we're around people who have real hurts and real needs, and things going on in their life, and it helps us go, oh, oh yeah, God is good. Look at how He's blessed me. Look at the richness, richness that I have. It helps us keep our own life in perspective. And staying in perspective keeps us in the long game in our relationships with Jesus. It gives us that eternal step, not the 40-year step. 
Leonard Kruger was telling me about the most influential pastor he remembers from this church. As a young man, he remembers hearing about a pastor named Dr. Knuckles. Hopefully I said his name right. And he said, as a kid, he would always see and hear about Dr. Knuckles. He was always out in the community. He was handing out candy to kids. If there was a need in the community, he was there. And he said, for whatever reason, if there was a tragedy, without anyone even saying anything to him, Dr. Knuckles would just be there. Out of the blue. And so he says, I think he was the most influential pastor. Well, I think every one of us could be a Dr. Knuckles. Which means every one of us could be the most influential, impactful person in our church, in our community. And it just starts with serving and helping and meeting others where they're at. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. Let's start looking for opportunities where we can serve others in our community, where we can serve others in our neighborhood, where we can serve others at our jobs. Let's start looking for opportunities where we can lend a helping hand anywhere we see it so that we can show people Jesus loves them. We don't even have to tell them. We can show them. Another way we can share Jesus is, is by meeting people where we are at. I'm going to, yeah, I'm laughing because, yeah. Anyways, by meeting people where, where they are at. So the pastoral oversight team, we get together once a week here at the church and we pray together, we study, we talk about maybe some stuff that's going on and what we can do to help. Um, and Chris Osnes brings up, he goes, hey, there was a book suggested that we should all go through. The title's called Who Stole My Church? We all went, hey, hey, let's read that together. Let's do this. Let's go through it together and, and, and just see what it stirs up, right? So Chris, in less than two minutes, goes, all right, I got four copies coming right now on his little phone deal. My dad says, hey, tell us how much we owe you. Chris says, 13 bucks. My dad whips out a 50. He goes, there's 50 bucks. Well, Spencer Nickel pipes up. He goes, whoa, I got a 20. I went, I got four kids. (laughs) There's no dollars in there. There's a receipt. There's a bill. (laughs) That's where I'm at in life right now. I got a single income, four kids. We're not raking in the billions, you know. We'll be in a different spot in our life at some point. And that's okay. But everyone is at the place that they're at in life for a reason. Things have happened. Experiences have happened. Bad things have happened. But everyone is at where they're at for a reason. And we need to get better at reaching each other where they're at. There's lint in my wallet. That's embarrassing. We had this ministry in our church, and I think it's something that we could even start doing here again. It's called servant evangelism, and it's evangelism through serving. It's really easy. Our church has done a lot of the same stuff hot chocolate at the night of lights, Christmas wrapping, shoveling people's sidewalks when it snows a whole bunch, and hopefully we get that this year. 
Hopefully we have a lot of servant evangelism with shoveling snow. Uh, they would wash people's windows. They would clean people's businesses. Well, my friend, Rich, he comes to me one time. He, he was in charge of the ministry at the time. And he goes, I've got this idea. I want to run it by you. I said, all right, Rich, what are you thinking? He goes, I want to get a team together. I want to go to the 24-hour adult video store. And I want to clean their bathrooms. And I went, you're a bold man. I said, Rich, make sure you take a team of solid people. I would suggest not taking any ladies maybe on this one. And when you're done, have a solid debriefing. Every day for about two weeks. And make sure everyone's good. Well, he put a team together and he did it. This, they showed up at the 24-hour adult video store with mops and buckets and squeegees and Windex and towels and all kinds of stuff. And they went in and they said, hey, we want to clean your bathrooms for free. And they were like, okay. All the way in the back. They went in there, top to bottom, sparkly clean. Mr. Clean would have been a proud. Awesome knockout job. Clean their bathroom top to bottom. They're leaving and the guy goes, because he totally didn't understand. He goes, why are you doing this? And Rich said, we just want you guys to know we love you. We want you to know Jesus loves you. If you want to come to church sometime, we'd love to have you. And then they left. There was no preaching, no pressure. Just, we clean, Jesus loves you. That easy. I don't know if they ever came to church or not. But the message was put out there. Jesus loves them right where they're at. Jesus wants their life to move forward. I've, it's really easy to pass judgment on someone by their appearance or by their activity. And as I get older, I learn more and more that before I think or utter an ounce of judgment on someone, I've got to learn to walk a mile in their shoes first. Because they're at where they're at for a reason. Jesus accepted you and I right where we are at. I think we can extend some love to each other right where they're at so that we can take them to where Jesus wants them to be, right? Job has all these terrible things happen to him, awful things. And if you go through the book of Job, he's got friends and advisors and people around him who are saying, well, this is happening because you're sinning. This is happening because you're not honoring God. This is happening because you're not living your life right. And you know, towards the end in Job 28, Job says this. He says, you know, guys, wisdom and understanding, they're more precious than any ruby or precious metal on this planet. Understanding. And when you and I have understanding, when we can look at someone and go, They've walked some hard miles. When you and I can look at someone and go, they've had a tough past. When you and I can look at someone and go, they haven't had the best influences. All of a sudden we have this unmatchable gift called understanding. And it gives us a grace with people that is so amazing. It's Christ-like. It's incredible. 
Paul said this. This is one of my most favorite verses. 1 Corinthians 9, 22 and 23. To the weak I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I might share in its blessing. We have to realize that church happens just as much outside the church doors as it does inside. And the more that church happens outside, the more we're going to see it happen inside. And just like Paul wrote right here, that's when we receive that gift of blessing in sharing the gospel because we're doing it. We might not be actually saying it, but we're showing it. We're serving it. We're giving the gospel up in any way we can. Find an area where you can give, where you can do, where you can be involved. You know, right now, Julie needs, she needs some teachers over there. And we're not asking people to do every, every single Sunday. But you know, maybe once a month, find Julie and grab her and go, hey, can I help you? This is something I need to do. Maybe Val needs some help. We've, we always need help setting up events and cleaning up from events. Maybe cleaning the bathrooms. Maybe God has been putting things on your heart lately. And it's time to do something with that. Like I know for Joe, it's been on his heart. And so what did he do? He's starting a ministry for people who suffer from depression. That's the church at work right there. That's awesome. Maybe a support group for single moms. Or just helping a single mom. Maybe a lunch for men. Or a breakfast. Maybe having someone over to your house for dinner. And it's really that simple. Because you're just serving them. Maybe take someone a load of firewood. Because you got a little bit extra. Say, hey, I just wanted to bless you today. Shovel someone's sidewalk. Who knows what else God might be putting on your heart. But find a place in your life where you can start showing the gospel to others. Because the more we take the church out into the community, the more this will become community church. The more we serve and are involved in other people's lives, the more it keeps our own lives in perspective. God wants to take all of those experiences in our own lives so that just like Paul said, we can share in the joy and blessing of that. And I want to close with this simple story. Twice this week, I've seen community church at work out in the community. Once I was right down there at the river park with a, a guy I really respect talking and praying. Church out in the community. I'm driving home from work just like I do every single day. I'm driving down Gold Creek. I'm minding my own business. I'm loving the colors because isn't it incredible this time of year? It's quiet. It's peaceful. Some of the leaves are falling. And as I'm driving down the road, I can see a couple of vehicles way up ahead of me, so I slow down a little bit. Then I can see there's a couple of people, so I slow down a little bit more. And as I get closer... One lady is praying for another lady right there on Gold Creek, Ohio City, Colorado. And as I got closer, I went, that's Annette Nickel. We go to church together. That's the church being outside 
And the more we take community church out into the community, the more we will become community church. That's my prayer for us. We're going to close with this hymn, Be Thou My Vision, which I think is just a great call for every one of us. And then after that, we'll pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every one of us. Thank you that you've given us all the opportunity to maybe serve others and show others the love and glory of your gospel. God, I pray that for every one of us in here that today we would hear your voice in areas where we can be involved, where we can do, where we can share, where we can serve. God, I pray that you would go before every person here that you would help us and strengthen us and protect us to take our church out into the community so that we could experience the blessings of your gospel. Speak to us and go before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If anyone needs prayer for anything, there's going to be a group of people up here that would love to pray with you or chat with you or anything else. Bless you guys. Have a great, great day.